Tell me your story. Tell me your story. How did it all start? Do you remember? Oh, I know what happened. How did it stop? You're now tuned into the Small Business Origins Podcast. I love an origin story. Each week, we dive into the real stories of entrepreneurs and businesses from across the nation. Who is he and what's his origin story? Who started with just an idea and are now making waves. I told you this was a good idea. This is Small Business Origins. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Small Business Origins. I'm your host, as always, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram and TikTok. You are tuned in to our nationwide search. We're looking for entrepreneurs that have a story to tell. And joining us virtually, I've got an entrepreneur that wants to do just that. We are talking all the way from just outside of Denver, Colorado, with Jessica Millheiser. She's with J Mills Consulting. Jessica, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Of course. Yeah, we're excited to talk to you, man. I've just enjoyed the fact that, um, you know, when this show was hyper local and we had a bunch of local entrepreneurs on, I loved it. I still want to keep doing that. We're inviting people every single day. But I love the fact that I got to broaden the horizon and go nationwide. And I'm hearing so many really cool stories from people across the country, um, even outside of the country. You know, I'm going to have to change my intro because we've had people from Canada. Uh, We've got listeners like I just found out we're ranking in Sri Lanka. Uh, I've got listeners in the UK. I've got listeners everywhere. And I don't say that to brag. I say that to say that I'm so appreciative of anyone that wants to hear my voice every single week and the voice of entrepreneurs that have really cool origin stories that want to share that story. Um, but before we hop into all of that stuff, we always start out our show with an icebreaker question. And today's question is if you were trying out for a singing reality show, what song would you sing? Oh my gosh. A singing reality show. You know, I used to be, a- you don't have to be good at singing. Okay. Let's just pretend okay. like all of a sudden you've got the voice of an angel. And now you're going to go on, you know, I think American Idol's over, but you know, the voice or one of those things and you're going to rock it. It's going to be amazing. What would be the song you want to kill it to? Oh my gosh. Well, the only thing that's really coming to mind, because I'm not a huge karaoke person to begin with, um, is Incubus Drive. Okay. I can <laughs> Which is that. a totally absurd option, but that's kind of what's coming up for me. I love Incubus and I know all of their songs by heart. So it would probably be something like that. Dude. I, yeah, you're gonna have to share your playlist (laughs) with me because myself, my producer, John, the CEO, Andrew, we grew up in the nineties and alternative rock was like what we jammed like John Fritching, my, uh, John, the video on Instagram, uh, the video producer here, dude, we grew up going to like theater, uh, not theater camps. It was, uh, the thespian convention and stuff like that. And we'd take like long bus trips and all of us would just be sitting in the back of the bus, jamming out on our headphones to green day and incubus, yes. and like all of these, you know, audio really, slave. Oh my gosh, man. Audio that, slave. One yes. of my favorite bands ever. Like we are huge <laughs> alternative rock heads. Yeah. Uh, it's what we grew up on. So mm-hmm. I love it. I have a special place in my heart for it. So yeah. And what's crazy for me, what's good for me is I like all kinds of music. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't think, I don't know how many people know this, but the CEO of Beefy Marketing here where we record our podcast, uh, Andrew and I made a four hour trip from Houston, Texas to Dallas, Texas. American Idol was accepting uh, auditions there. 
Uh-huh. And I thought, you know, I'm going to grow up one day and I'm going to be this amazing singer. And I say grow up, but I think I was 18 at the time because sure. uh, I went, you know, it was just him and I. So we had just graduated high school. We made this four hour trek and we get out there and my song was Drift Away. So Dobie Gray does it. And then um, what really brought that song to me was Uncle Cracker's version where he features Dobie Gray. And I was like, this is it. This is my song. I'd been singing, you know. <laughs> from a young age with my dad, huge karaoke person. Uh, one of the very first performance art type things I ever did was run a karaoke show. Uh, wow. Funny enough, as a 13 year old at a local ice house and bar, but you know, uh, we all get our start somewhere. I am definitely more of an observer and a, I will sing along with you in the audience kind of karaoke yeah. person. <laughs> so I'll send you all that good juju. If you have enough drinks in you, you'll get up and sing because my wife has gotten up and, and sang and she's not the type to get in front of people and do anything, let alone sing. She was a great clarinet player in high school, but <gasps> she's too. not a singer. I'm a oh, clarinet. Really? Yeah, I did clarinet oh, and saxophone. Awesome. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I was. Uh, I didn't play in high school. Mm. Uh, funny story. I actually just got really pissed off that I played the wrong scales when auditioning and I had first chair in symphonic band. Mm-hmm. and not honor band. So I was really mad about it. So I just sure. quit and went into theater, <laughs> but I was big. I was a, uh, uh, brass player. So okay. I started out on the trumpet mm-hmm. and, um, again, not bragging, but for a sixth, seventh and eighth grader, I was extremely good. Excellent. Um, you know, UIL competitions and stuff here in Texas. Mm. I had the, the gradings and judges comments to back it up. And so my band director, who is now my son's band director, okay. Ms. Breeden, she came up to me and she said, well, we need French horns. So um, because we don't have French horns and French horn players already, mm-hmm. we're going to use that out of our trumpet players. And you three, uh, me and two other really good friends of mine, Chris and Jacob, mm-hmm. uh, we were first, second and third chair. We traded all the time on our band. And she said, so guess who's going to be a French horn player? And I was like, I don't want to be a French horn player. I like the trumpet. <laughs> And she said, that's great. You're going to play French horn now. And, great. Uh, great. So started learning that. I've always been a brass instrument type guy, but I wanted to play the saxophone so bad. Imagine I was, I think I was maybe eighth or ninth grade at the time. So I had started with the regular sax, right? So I was clarinet and then I was saxophone. And then somehow we needed more. And I was like, given the baritone saxophone and that thing is giant so i would be sitting in my chair and the base of the saxophone would be on the floor and i'm just sitting there like a little 13 14 year old trying to play it and oh my gosh it was funny it looked hilarious i have two short of (laughs) fingers for that so Uh, I just, I couldn't really wrap it around. And it's like today I want to play guitar so bad, but I struggle to get um, my fingers up high enough to not hit the other strings whenever I'm strumming and stuff. So it's just a pipe dream at this point, but yeah, I was big into singing, went to American Idol. It is such a different experience than people think, you know, you don't just walk in and go to the judge's desk and get on camera and on TV. There's, I think like, I'm sure every show is different, but at the time, like three different audition processes before mm. you actually make it to camera time. Um, so, and they're looking for somebody that stands out. And even if you are good, but you're just not either right. super amazing or super bad, then yeah. they tell you, Hey, thanks for coming. Have a nice day. It's hard, uh, but it was a really cool experience. Even if you're not a singer, you should go do it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Tractor drinks are certified organic, non-GMO and made from sustainably sourced ingredients. 
with no artificial ingredients, no phony colors, no mystery preservatives or synthetic pesticides. They're the drinks with nothing to hide. Now, I've been thinking a lot about the choices we make, especially when it comes to what we drink. It's way past time our beverage options get an upgrade. We need to take a big leap from that regular old drink station serving up the same old, same old right into the 21st century. That's where Tractor steps in. It's like they saw a big void in the restaurant scene where there should be a delicious drink that doesn't make you question every sip. Picture this, your favorite meal paired with a drink that actually makes you feel good about what you're putting into your body. That is revolutionary. Tractor Beverage Company doesn't just talk the talk, they walk the walk, proudly serving products that are certified organic, non-GMO, and straight from sustainably sourced ingredients. No synthetics, no smoke and mirrors. And the flavors they offer are amazing. Berry patch, lemonade, strawberry dragon fruit, mandarin cardamom, unsweet tea, mango. They've even got organic sodas like root beer, cherry cream, cola cola, and coconut. There's plenty of options to pair with your meal. And let me tell you, our whole crew had all of these drinks out at the podcast studio on the table. And we were just mixing things, trying each one individually, just seeing which ones were our favorite. And you know, organic is not just about avoiding chemicals. It's about amping up flavor and nutrients as well. Studies are showing organic produce can pack a more nutritious punch and have higher antioxidant activity. So next time you sip a tractor, remember you're not just drinking, you're flavor tripping and nutrient loading. And that's important to me. Y'all know I've been on a health kick lately, but that doesn't mean I want to get rid of drinks that are a little unhealthier. To be honest, I've been wanting restaurants to offer a better selection for a long time anyway. I can't wait until they're available in even more restaurants where I can enjoy my Tractor Lemonade no matter where I eat. Discovering Tractor Beverage Company really is like striking gold. I've been sipping their drinks since I first spotted them at a Chipotle in 2020. My favorite flavor is lemonade, but I love mixing the fruit flavors with their unsweet black tea, and I'm excited to share them with you. So let's give these certified organic, feel-good beverages the spotlight that they deserve. Tractor, organically farmed beverages. Find them at your favorite restaurant or go to drinktractor.com and find where Tractor is available near you. I know we could probably just talk for days on this, but let's get into who you are. You know, we're interested in that origin story. Where'd you come from and how did you get to the point you're at today? So I guess it depends on how detailed you want me to get, but I am originally from Vermont, Born and raised, uh, went to my undergrad there. Then I moved down to DC metro area um, and worked there for an international nonprofit for about three years. And then I moved to Los Angeles and I lived in Los Angeles for about nine years. And then in September 2020, my husband and I moved um, to Colorado. Um, yeah, to Colorado. So along the way, I have done a lot of different things. It took me a long time, I think, to figure out what I wanted to do, what my purpose was, what I was good at, and how I could combine what I was good at with what I was passionate about. So I was in hospitality a very long time, like off and on 20 years serving, bartending, all the things. Um, I was also in aquatics and recreation and athletics for a really long time, kind of again, off and on. And it's still something I do part-time because it's very close to my heart and I'm really passionate about that. But so my undergrad is in journalism and creative writing. And then I went and got my master's in coaching and athletic administration, which honestly, looking back on it was really kind of like an MBA sort of with a focus in athletics. So for a long time, I was like, oh, I want to be an athletic director. Oh, I want to get into a school and you know, work the athletic program, but it's really hard to get into a school. 
um, into an athletic program in particular, especially if you're not like an alma mater or something like that. So I ended up pivoting and working for a private swim school, became the director of operations, worked with them for a long time, basically helped them really create their actual program, their manuals, how they did things, procedures, policies, documentation, really kind of getting them up to snuff with that. And once we moved, like the pandemic happened, right? And so I was still living in Los Angeles when that happened. My husband got a new job, which is why we moved to Colorado. And I was like, okay, how can I keep doing what I'm doing remotely in a different way. Well, cause a lot of the people that I worked with were in Los Angeles. And so I was like, well, I need to figure out how to make this work at least to tide me over. So <laughs> it kind of came about very organically kind of breaking off on my own officially. Um, and I officially did my LLC January, 2021, but I've been doing this kind of work for many years. So I've just kind of said yes along the way and taken opportunities as they've come. And so far it's been working out. Yeah. I think pivoting is the name of the game for the pandemic, mm -hmm. whether it was something that, you know, you kind of brought on yourself by making the choice to move to support the husband's career or just something that came out of necessity because of a lack of work or a change in your work style or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. It's definitely something, you know, this podcast started right in the middle of the pandemic basically. Mm -hmm. And that was obviously a hot topic. I would ask entrepreneurs a lot of times, like what was your struggle? And the struggle was always trying to figure out how to survive COVID. And that's what led a lot of people to change. I would imagine as terrible as, you know, moving your whole family can be, um, or, you know, trying to figure out how you're going to survive in a, a brand new place or dealing with COVID or anything else as bad as that can be. I'd imagine that it's probably a blessing in disguise, you know, the silver lining in the clouds of yeah. now you feel pretty happy with what you're doing. Oh my gosh. This last year when I've been officially on my own, I have never been happier. I, I mean, I'm, kind of newer in business, right? Kind of newer as an official entrepreneur. So there comes along natural struggles with that. Like, oh, I have to oh, learn yeah. more about networking and social media and, you know, just how to get clients and all of that stuff. So it's been definitely a learning journey, but I am thrilled every single day. I am excited every single day. And I'm so passionate about the work that I do because it's basically business fundamentals. It's like, what's your business foundation? What are your fundamentals? Let's get back to that one-on-one and not just try and grasp at straws constantly to move your business along. Um, so I'm super passionate about it and it's just been so rewarding. All the people I've been getting to help and learning more about myself in the process. Yeah, I, I hear it from everybody all the time and I'm actually <laughs> in the middle myself of trying to you know, pivot myself out of my full-time job plus part-time mm. job plus mm. entrepreneurship. Mm. And, um, you know, we have a really good solid plan for it. It's just like every plan, it takes time and mm -hmm. we're getting there. So I've definitely come across some unique struggles myself of being a full-time employed mm -hmm. entrepreneur that's dealing on the side with my business that's getting busy enough to uh, start supporting you know, we have a couple of employees that they're not full-time salaried employees, but they're mm -hmm. making a decent living from our business. And you know, I, I would say that they would probably be upset if we had nothing for them in 2023, you know, yeah. so it's a, That's it's amazing. a challenge. It really is. Um, 
So consulting is such a big, broad term. I don't know if you agree with that, but no, there are uh, there are consultants and business coaches and um, all these different people that offer so many different things. Mm-hmm. So what would you say defines your consulting firm the best? Like, what do you do? So when I was first actually forming this, I was like, God, do I want to be a coach? Do I want to be a consultant? Like this is what everybody's doing right now. And it's sort of hard to define your own niche. So I was like, well, should I be a specialist or whatever? So I ended up just going with consulting because I feel like that just covers it. But really my focus is sort of a blend of operations and HR. So it's really coming down to the nitty gritty of how you run your business. Like, do you have a solid business identity? Um, How are you documenting your policies and procedures? Are you managing your time? Well, are you prioritizing like how, like what's your vision for your business and do you have a path to get there? How are you measuring that success? How do you know that you're staying on track towards that vision? And then also, I really like to focus on preparing businesses for internal growth. So do you have manuals in place, a hiring and training manual, an employee handbook, maybe an operations manual? Um, And what does your team culture look like? How are you going to manage people? Even if you have, let's just say, one or two part-time people, you should still have these things in place so that they have resources, they have references, everyone's on the same page, and you can keep that consistency and efficiency flowing within your business. Yeah, that makes sense. So do you have a certain uh, niche market that you're in, or can you really just kind of help any business? I mean, it seems like a pretty general, uh, like you could kind of fit into anybody. So. So, so far, I haven't had any types of businesses that I've been uncomfortable with trying to help them or have felt like uh, what you need really is outside of what I can do. Um, I do feel like more service-based businesses probably make sense and they've been the most experience I've had. Now that's not to say that somebody who sells products I couldn't help because like you said at the end of the day like your, your processes are your processes and training manuals and all that stuff. They're pretty universal. So, so far, I think I felt comfortable with anybody that's approached me. So we'll see. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. That makes, <laughs> that makes sense. Obviously this is kind of a nationwide thing. You can remotely work and, and anybody in the country is you know potentially a good client for you. Yes, 100%. This is, I mean, I have a gal in Wisconsin. I have some people in California. Um, I've got some East Coast-based people. So really, I am lucky in that what I can do can be done virtually. And it's really easy to do it virtually. So, you know, I'm pretty open. Mm -hmm. What's the big difference between just a business coach and the consulting that you do? I feel... That's a great question because I think about that a lot, but I, <laughs> I feel like coaches try to maybe be more hands-on and maybe focus holistically on the person. Maybe they're tackling mindset, maybe they're, they're tackling behaviors. Um, it kind of depends on the coach, right, though, I think. And then what I do is I try to 
teach my client, educate my clients, guide my clients in a way so that they can get to a point where they don't need me anymore. I want them to kind of learn these skills, feel comfortable with these skills and or manuals that we create, and then be able to be like, okay, great. I know how to do this. I feel comfortable creating this. And now I have a plan and a path. So my goal is to kind of basically work my clients out of needing me. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense to me. I, of course, always have preconceived notions whenever I'm asking these questions. So it's a lot easier for me uh, than it is when I put you in the hot seat like that. But um, I had a business coach on really good episode, her mindset matters, REI. Mm. And, um, it seemed when I was talking to her that, and this is not a dig on either one of you, I think this is great and just kind of shows a difference in, in what you do, mm-hmm. but it seems like from a coach perspective, it's more of like a professional friend. Like I'm here to be your sounding board. I'm here to be sometimes your therapist. Mm. I'm here to give you advice on how to deal with you know, your daily life in professionalism, um, mm-hmm. your daily life in this business. It may be a business specific type coach mm-hmm. uh, and consulting to me has always meant more education. You know, like you said, it's a coach is great to educate you on how to kind of deal with things or like, I would say, give you suggestions on which way you should go down a path or that kind of thing. But it seems more like consulting says this is the path. And this is how you navigate that path. And when you get into the future where you're, you know, coming to the split or you're not sure what to do, here's how you put processes in place that will help you navigate that better. And I may be totally wrong on that, but it just seems like it's two totally different things. I I do feel like it's different. And so I offer like a few different services, right? And like, I would say three of my four services are geared towards education, tangible practical things that they can implement, learn, understand, and then be able to take off and do their own. There is one section of my services, which is basically an accountability partner. And that is more of coaching. So we meet a couple times a month, we figure out what they have going on. And I am their sounding board. I do give feedback. I help guide and give direction. So I think in that one particular aspect, I am more of a coach. And certainly some of my clients really utilize me for that. But then I would say three-fourths of what I offer is more education-based so that they can kind of take it and run with it. Yeah, I value both of these things heavily. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not something that I've always valued, but as I've gotten into being a marketing advisor and talking to more businesses, I realized that we as entrepreneurs don't have all the answers. And it's hard because most entrepreneurs, I would assume, are kind of that type A, like, I can problem solve, I have the answers, I'm able to provide this service or product, and that's why I'm here. And it's like, great, you may be awesome at what you do, but you don't know everything about it. And you need that person to kind of give you that guidance Mm -hmm. from a different perspective, if you will. And I think that's key with who you want to invest your money and time with. Like, what don't you know? What don't you really have the bandwidth for? What don't you really, like, I don't want to learn about certain things. I don't care about certain things. I'm going to outsource that to a professional where that is their specific niche. So I think there is value in knowing that, hey, I'm really good at this particular thing, but I really probably need help, at least in part, in this particular area. So let me see who could help me with that in that way. 
usually the founder, I think, is the visionary. And yes. they're there because they love what they're doing. And mm-hmm. not all of us love, for instance, HR. Mm-hmm. Some of us think HR is you know, a nightmare. Some of us think accounting is a nightmare. The worst classes I've ever taken in my life were uh, the business administration accounting classes and uh, made me want to pull my hair out and I don't have much to pull out. Uh, I absolutely hated it. So you're right. It's like, first of all, you need to either have another business partner that can help you to be that person. That's like, Mm -hmm. you know what? I love the product or the service and I am passionate about it and good at it, but I also love the business side of it. You know, Mm -hmm. my my very first business partner I've ever had, he was the one that was like, bro, I know how to form your LLC. I know how to put all these documents together. I could put all this business side together. And I was like, cool, I'm really good at being a wedding DJ. So I'm going to be a wedding (laughs) DJ and then you run all the paperwork side of things. And it worked out well, you know, and and, uh, now Andrew being my business partner on that, he is the paperwork guy and the money guy and the marketing guy. And I am the operations guy because I enjoy selling to clients, meeting clients, making their day great, putting awesome DJs and photo booth attendants in front of them and performing an awesome service. So, but it doesn't mean we know everything about that business. It doesn't mean that Andrew or I could not do well with some consulting to say, Hey, now that you're getting ready in 2023 to 2024 to grow from having contractors that work for you on a consistent basis to employees, here are the changes you need to make in HR or the changes you need to make uh, for your company to be able to scale. And I I know that was one. Oh, go ahead. No. Yeah. And I feel like it's really important to recognize what your strengths are. And if you're in business by yourself, figure out what those are and then figure out how to acquire the areas that you have, you know, I don't want to call it a weakness, but you're just less inclined to do. And if you're in business with somebody, just determine like you guys did. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I'm good at. Great. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I'm good at. Great. And then you can kind of line up what your roles and responsibilities are. And then I actually just did a, did a, post or whatever the other day. Cause it's like, if you're an entrepreneur, you're probably wearing a lot of hats and either you do have some help or it's just you. But I think people forget the different roles and functions within the business. So you've got the CEO hat and that's like the vision. This is where we're trying to go. This is the strategy. This is, you know, what I'm seeing the person that's the COO, which is the operations person, which is really kind of where my mindset is. That's the person that executes how the business actually gets there. So you really need those two pieces, whether it's two different people or whether it's two different hats on the same person to understand the significance of each of those aspects so that you can actually figure out, okay, great. This is where I'm trying to go. This is how I'm trying to get there so that you can execute the daily needed to make the move. So I think it's important to learn the business um, lingo and understand what each, what each function is and why each function is important. You know, and one big thing too, hearing you say weaknesses and I don't want to call it a weakness. And, you know, to me, a weakness is a weakness and it is what it is, but what makes it not your weakness is when you're smart enough to say, I can't do this. I am weak at it. So I'm going to seek help, whether it's a consultant or outsourcing it, or whatever you do, I think you can turn that weakness into a strength by saying, I'm not perfect at this. So I'm going to surround myself with people 
who are better at it than me. And I think totally. it takes strength to do that and kind of turns that weakness around for you. And that will elevate your whole entire business, recognizing, oh, I'm not very good at this. Let me bring somebody in who's who's excellent at this. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So um, as far as your services specifically, I know you mentioned that you do some HR stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that typical client interaction look like for you? If I was interested in bringing you on to talk about OMG Event Co. and what we're doing uh, for some consulting stuff, what does it look like when I sign up and say I need help? So first off, it kind of depends on what you need. Um, so we would do like I offer a free consultation. That's I always want to know, like, where are you at and where are you trying to go? And are we a good fit? And how can I help you? So I want to make sure that the relationship fits first and foremost and that I can do what you need to be done. Um, but then I, a lot of the work I do is around like your business identity. So some people are, maybe they're feeling they're in a rut or they're in transition or they're just feeling a little bit lost. So I'm like, okay, great. Like, let's look at your business identity. Who are you? What are you about? Where are you going? And see what comes up for that. So like, do you have a mission statement? Do you have core values? Do you have a vision? Do you have an end game in mind so that you can figure out what business decisions you should be making to make sure you're getting there? So that's kind of one facet. Another facet is all about the manuals. I love making these manuals and I know most people hate it because it's so tedious and it's like, oh my God, I don't know how to make this manual Um, because it's kind of intimidating, right? If you don't know what you don't know, but that is probably my biggest project because it's a project. If you're making a hiring and training manual, if you're making an employee handbook or an operations manual, that's a project. So that's usually a three or four month endeavor and we're meeting every week And we're going through checklists and guides and we're working together in a collaborative space digitally. Um, And at the end, I'm basically compiling that for you. And I am having it proofed by an HR professional just to make sure there are no crazy red flags. And then you get to walk away with, great, I now have a plan and a path in place so that I can successfully grow my team with whatever position that is, whatever position that looks like, whether it's an admin, a VA, a social media person, um, maybe a customer service person, whatever kind of position is going to help you grow your team. So that's the manuals. And then we've got the accountability. That's the one that I was talking about that was a little bit more coach-like. So if you're having trouble staying focused, staying on track, if you're feeling unorganized, you're not managing your time, you're having a hard time prioritizing, I want to help you focus, be organized, and start moving the needle forward in your business. And I really value these relationships a lot because I don't ever want people to feel like I'm trying to dictate or control or talk down or anything. Like I want them to run the show. It's a safe space for them to be like, I'm feeling really frustrated. Sometimes I'll have clients that are like having a bad day and they'll get emotional. And I'm like, that's fine. You're having a bad day that's okay. That's normal. So we just kind of really work through it together. I'm very compassionate. And a lot of the clients that I work with are females. So that comes with, you know, a bunch of different things. So I think it's just depending on what the needs are and how specifically you need help. That makes sense. And I'm assuming that it's kind of the same story. And especially with you having two kind of different business approaches there, I'm sure the answer varies, but is this something that I pay you a per session fee 
uh, or a one-time fee and you get everything that's included or how does that work? So if you do the business identity, that's probably like a quicker one month thing. So that's just a flat rate fee and we do through the work and we're done. The manuals are going to be a lump sum, but it covers three months worth of work. So it's like, okay, great. You're going to pay this much. We're going to work up three months. We're going to see if we can conclude in that three months. And then if we need a little bit more time, we'll adjust accordingly. The accountability one is you're invoiced every month. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And that's kind of how I figured it was going to go. I mean, these things are so unique. And I, I think, like you said, going back to the whole three months and then let's see if we can conclude it. And it's like, well, it's going to be different for everybody. You know, you could, you could tell us your general prices right now. And it's like, okay, but when OMG comes to you compared to, um, you know, a large worldwide company, it's going to be like totally different price structures because the workload is going to be totally different. A hundred percent. So it's like, if I'm working with a solopreneur, that's going to be a little bit different if I'm working with somebody that has a team of like 20 and they need an operations manual. So it's a little bit uh, customized, but I try to keep it again, as simple and straightforward as possible. And then also like if we're doing the manuals project, a lot of it depends on how quickly you get me information on how quickly you're able to move through some of the tasks that are independent and responsible by you. Well, how do we learn more information about you and kind of get connected with you and determine if we're a good fit for you? Um, well, you can visit my website, jmillsconsulting.com. Um, I'm also really active on LinkedIn and that's Jessica Milheiser. And then I'm really active on Instagram and it's jmills underscore consulting. Um, and I try to give a lot of valuable information on those platforms, something that I really want to be helpful. I really want to educate. So I really want to try to give as much as I can. Um, and then if you're interested in working with me directly, I do a free consultation. You can email me at jessica at jmillsconsulting.com. Or you can go to my website and go to the contact me section. Perfect. Yeah. I, uh, I know that, you know, a lot of people out there probably kind of have a little bit of a reservation on if they're going to need something like this or anything else. And I just, I encourage everybody, if you're thinking about doing your own thing on business, if you're thinking about growing your business, or if you feel like you're, you know, plateaued at all, then you definitely want to reach out to somebody and talk to them. And I don't think there's like, there's literally no, no negative. The consultation's free. There's no pressure. I don't want to force anybody into anything. So let's just have a conversation and see what comes up. Perfect. Well, yeah, I love the idea of giving out all that, you know, gold information on social media and to those people before they ever even know that they need you. It's definitely something we live by here. So it's good to hear. And I hope that our listeners will support you in everything that you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to connect if you're interested. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for being a part of the show today. I truly appreciate you coming out and opening up and sharing some of your story with us. Yeah. Thank you for having me, John. This has been wonderful. Of course. And listeners, thank you as always for tuning in to another episode of Small Business Origins. We really appreciate you showing up every single week to listen to our new episodes and give support to small business owners just like Jessica with J Mills Consulting. If you would, please make sure you check out the show notes. We will have all of her information listed down there on how you can connect with her just like she told you. But 
in the meantime, if you're sitting here, you know, driving down the road right now and you're just, you know, that you're going to need to search up something when you get to that destination, her last name is spelled a little bit differently than I would have spelled it as a German. Um, so that's M I L L H I S E R. Is that correct? That is correct. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I've always got to throw that out there. One of our favorite jokes around here that we just recorded us saying was, uh, you know, that last name is the common spelling whenever it's something that could be a little bit different. So my, I get all different kinds of pronunciations and spellings and I'm just like, okay, great. <laughs> I'm a stickler for it. So I've always got to make sure I'm spelling it right and saying it right. I just think it shows you care. Awesome. Well, thank you again, listeners. And Jessica, thank you. We will see y'all on the next episode. Thank you again for tuning in. And as always, stay beefy, my friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Business Origins. I love an origin story. If you like what you just heard, leave us a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. You guys, check this out. They're going to love it. You're going to love it. 